Hey y'all, what's up? This is Daniel Bostic, and you are listening to episode two of Chaincast. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Chaincast. My name is Daniel Bostic, and I am joined today by my co-host, the very talented Mr. Ali Alexander. How are you doing? It's an eventful Friday in America. As you know, Daniel, there's news uh, breaking all over the place. Uh, but that is not going to take us from talking about crypto, from talking about the Crown API token that we love, and uh, regulations on the uh, the list today to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. That's some, some deep stuff. And as we're going to get into later, we'll actually be... Uh, doing a podcast from DC next week talking about regulations. So I'm super pumped about that. Me too. Me too. Very good. So I want to go ahead and uh, remind everyone, if you are uh, new to the show, make sure you head over to our new website. Well, right now we're going to use it for an email signup form and it is uh, chaincast. So it is chainca.st. And go ahead and sign up, give us your email address so we can be sure and give you guys the inside scoop on everything that's happening with the Crown Network. I also wanted to go ahead and plug that we have uh, uploaded the next video for how to use Barter Dex on a PC. So go check that out, subscribe. Um, That's a great way to support the decentralized community to get on board with Crown and really any other token. So be sure and go check that video out on our YouTube channel. And I want to go ahead and talk a little bit. Today we're going to be hitting some of the some of the state of where exchanges are at right now. And Ali, as a uh, political guy, as a big thinker, <laughs> I think you have some pretty good opinions of where exactly exchanges are, particularly in the U.S., kind of what the landscape is, what we're facing. Yeah, I mean, so the big fishes are Coinbase, Bitfinex, and Binance. But let's be honest. There's a problem with each of these. We celebrate these exchanges because they bring us new users. They bring adoption to, you know, it's essentially actually very simple tech, blockchain technology. What Satoshi wrote was only 18 lines of code. And so this is cool, but we've needed third parties. The problem is, is that these are trusted third parties, which blockchain technology is supposed to liberate us from, especially in terms of commerce speech, the the like. And so what's interesting is I think, and I've theorized that we're in this kind of phase where we need a little bit of that poison. And so Coinbase, there was, there was clearly insider trading with Bitcoin Cash when it hit the Coinbase market. And that was bad for everyone. That was bad for the entire market, not just Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash and, and, and the like, but it was bad for everyone. Coinbase also should not be the determiner of which coins are adopted and which tokens are not. And so that's kind of what we have going on there. Coinbase is also pushing regulation, which I'll get into later. Now, Bitfinex is interesting because I love the charting platform there. I like I liked Bitfinex. They kicked off all their uh, U.S. users because they did not want to cooperate with the SEC. And since then, they've been embroiled in controversy because of Tether which I have an article coming out later today about Tether. You can probably find a link on twitter.com slash ALI. Just Ali is my Twitter handle. And be sure to 
look at my, you know, 30,000, 50,000 foot view on Tether. But Bitfinex has an interesting relationship with Tether because I believe it's the Bitfinex CEO sits on Tether's board. And we need audits. We need public audits of, of Tether because right now this is influencing not just Bitfinex, but also Binance. So Binance... Mm -hmm. When they hit the market because of a strong affiliate program and, a, and, and access to the Asian market, Bitfinex has really blown up. And, you know, you're going to talk about KuCoin, but that's why KuCoin has also blown up. Its affiliate program rivals that of Binance, and there's a lower threshold to get onto it, but it also has access to a, a more global market because it's not just U.S. dependent, and they're obviously not cooperating. But here's the big thing, Daniel. If we're going to – if this is the revolution – of decentralization, if this is the revolution against the oligarchs who push forward any policy, but in particular, bad monetary policy, bad fiscal policy, which you know robs us, the citizenry, the workers of our money, either through quantitative easing, through corporate bailouts, through inflation, then we need decentralized exchanges. And I have theorized that at the end of this year, or the beginning of next year would really be when the revolution took hold in that we would see more decentralized exchanges. And what I think this is going to do is limit the extent that Gemini or Coinbase in working with the U.S. government to push more regulations on us have. And I, I'll say this, I'm now having to rethink some of my thoughts. I, since I spent some time with my friend Jason in San Francisco, and we discussed some of the scaling issues that decentralized exchanges would face if they were mass adopted. And it occurred to me that, well, this, there has to be some truth to this because why, aren't, why is this already not a big deal, not a big thing? You know, why are people like you and I mm -hmm. not utilizing decentralized exchanges for the majority of our, our transactions? And so I said, whoa, there must be something else more to this. So I'm going to revisit transaction time hash power, the rest of it, to see what kind of scaling challenges other people have written about because I can't seem to find many critics. And sometimes you find that in this space. People are so excited about a certain technology that the critics are seldomly heard, but I've been known to be very independent in my thinking in this space. And so I plan to do a lot of study on this issue over the next two weeks and then come out with a report for my subscribers over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Alexander. And so it'll be really interesting. But here's my dream case scenario, Daniel, if I, could, if I could tell you. My dream is that these centralized exchanges push for regulations. The government pushes regulations on these exchanges, and then users migrate over to decentralized exchanges. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so let's, yeah, let's kill off the central players. Let's prove to the market that actual regulation, because you can't regulate code, because you can't regulate the public ledger, they can only regulate our behavior. And when the barbarians storm the gate and say, we will not cooperate, uh, like many people in the U.S. have done with cannabis, um, the government will have to adapt to us. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what's exciting for me. So, you know, we're in an interesting time. If we do this wrong, we'll kill crypto. If we do this right, we are truly liberated. I don't think there's a middle ground. But there's other new exchanges that are popping on the scene. And I think this is going to lead to... Again, I think faster, more stringent um, um, regulation. But why don't you know? Why don't you tell us about uh, a few of these new exchanges and why they're exciting? Or you know, because again, it is about user adoption, and we're getting these people, these late early adopters, as I call them. We're getting some of them because of some of these platforms you're going to talk about, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, it 
It is cool to see a lot of these new exchanges coming out. They are up against the big players, the Coinbase's and the Bitfinex, but um, you know, they're, they're coming out with some great features and a lot of them are really fixing a lot of the problems that we see with some of these larger exchanges. Uh, KuCoin in, in particular has really taken the world by storm. It was funny when I first uh, found out about the exchange, I signed up and I saw, I remember signing up and I, you know, threw my email address and my password and then it just took me to a trading, a trading uh, platform. And I was like, wait, I must have like missed something in the sign up here because this is not this simple, especially after like if, if you use Coinbase or if you use, uh, you know, Binance or anything like that, you know, and I was like, oh man, they must have, some must be, you know, jacked up with my browser, but it really was that simple. Um, and I think that that's really what people are looking for. And that is in some ways what is holding back user adoption um, in the US. And, and a lot of these larger exchanges anyway can't keep up with the demand, right? I mean, Coinbase has outages all the time. You and I yeah. have both been fairly critical of Coinbase. Yeah. Uh, Bittrex isn't accepting any new users. I, well, actually, I'm gonna take that back. I think they're accepting new users if they want to spend like it was like ten to fifty thousand dollars or something in a deposit. I mean, it's crazy. And because of that, um, there's really this this really strong drive for something new. And you know, my preference would be let's get a couple of uh, these smaller exchanges up to volumes where they're really significant players in the industry. But then let's also go ahead and promote these decentralized exchanges. And KuCoin is, uh, is super easy to use. They have a great track record for security. They're compatible with mobile. They don't have ID verification. Um, and it's really just easy to get up and running. So, you know, that's, that's one that I really have enjoyed using. Robinhood is the other, uh, the other elephant in the room. And I, I want to say they're launching in like the next couple of weeks, supposedly. Um, which in, in crypto time is, you know, may as well be 30 years. Uh, but they, they're they launching, they're saying they're doing zero fee trades. I think that, you know, if, if they can execute this successfully, then we're going to see a shift away from exchanges like Coinbase and Bitfinex into these programs like Robinhood, like KuCoin, where people just pull up their phone and trade in and out of vaults, trade US dollar for whatever they want, trade any fiat currency really. So it's really gonna be interesting to see kind of what direction the market heads um, because I, I think that, you know, obviously I would like for decentralization to become the new norm, um, but the decentralized community, the decentralized exchange community really needs to do a lot of work on forward facing UI, on, um, stability within the platform then there's those overarching concerns like you talked about with you know can they even handle the volume that something like even a kucoin is processing right now and i don't i don't know that we're seeing that just yet and you know i like i use Robinhood for trades and i like it they've moved past their kind of buggy era and and, and my question is 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 robin hood going to do zero fees as in no commission off of what they would make like coinbase charges or is it zero is it zero fees within the platform and also zero uh transaction fees when you're transferring it in or out that's that's going to be uh that's going to be a really interesting thing that i haven't seen clarification on yeah no. I think their last official statement was basically them saying that, you know, we're, we're doing um, 
no, we're not benefiting as a company from any fees. So I know that some exchanges actually uh, waive the fees on like the transfer out. Um, I want to say that Bittrex does that. There's one of the exchanges that does that, but you know, Robinhood is basically saying we're not collecting fees, although I don't see how they could really get around the networks themselves not collecting fees, if that makes sense. I mean, well, they could pay the fee. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. They could. Yeah, that, that would be taking a really big hit, especially because they've got how many million signups already and they're not even out yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, that's what startups do. They burn through. They burned through crash, but I can't, I can't wait. And I was a beta user to Square's um, uh, platform where they introduced cryptocurrency. You know, I was recently in San Francisco and I met with uh, Jack Dorsey. He and I have been talking for seven months and, and we also got to talk about blockchain technology in general, but also crypto. And I'm, I'm not going to spill the beans on his <laughs> thoughts on the, on, on uh, the market, but um, uh, you know, it was, it is cool. You know, it's Stripe may have ended um, you know, API and usage for Bitcoin uh, merchants or whatever people want to accept it because there's not um, there's not demand, but everyone else is. So you know, every you know, Coinbase launched Coinbase Commerce. Robinhood is doing this. Square is doing this. Adoption this year will be a big thing, regardless of this mini little uh, correction or, or retracement that we're experiencing currently. Yeah, absolutely. And if anything, I think that the I mean, it's just been shocking to me. Adoption, and I feel like no one's talking about that in media. You know, we hear all these negative headlines, all this FUD, but no one's really talking about the fact that adoption has not slowed down. <laughs> it's, it's speeding up. It's like a snowball that's, you know, it's just gaining size, and soon it's going to be pretty unstoppable. And so it'll be really interesting to see exactly um, what happens with that, because these people that are all signing up, they have to go somewhere, right? And, uh, you know, we've seen that, a lot of these exchanges are really struggling to even keep up with the way things are now. Um, so I'm not sure how, you know, with all this increased volume, how they're going to handle it. But, you know, one thing is clear as adoption, in my opinion, as adoption continues to grow at this rate, the price is almost a non-issue just because I think it's going to keep going up. I mean, you have more people and you have a finite supply. Yeah, and anybody who got in crypto to be in it for three months and get rich deserves to get a crash on them anyway. So, um, you know, what I want people to concentrate on is that when regulation hits, it's going to start with the exchanges because that's the choke point. But what you need to understand is, and, you know, and I, I hate to get political here, but, you know, the left is for centralization. The right is generally for decentralization to some degree. And then libertarians are for radical, you know, decentralization. That's me. And, <laughs> and what you have to understand is some of these, uh, some of these um, exchanges are actually going to push for regulation because it keeps them as the big boys. Yep. It's why no one can challenge FedEx or UPS because there are, there, there's too many regulations governing it. It's why someone can't start a mom and pop, you know, this company or that company, or why even Uber with hundreds of millions of dollars in, in startup capital still had a hard time fighting the regulations and the taxi unions and the city halls, and they're still fighting some of them. So a lot of people don't want to get political, and, and I don't mean to, but what I do want to let everybody know is be thinking about that. The government can never, ever regulate the blockchain. They can regulate choke points and access points and that's why I always encourage people, get out of the fiat mindset. Get mm -hmm. out of it. 
I can always generate more fiat outside the system, but putting fiat into the system is difficult. Getting it out is more difficult, but putting it in is still difficult enough. So that's why, you know, I don't care. I'm, I'm 40, you know, I'm 40% down from my high. I do not care, Daniel. I do not care. And, yeah. uh, you know, well, I'm obviously I'm more than, well, I, guess, hmm, I don't know. But anyway, you know, I, it, it doesn't matter to me. It just does not matter to me. And that's why I'm telling people at the, when this all shakes out, you want to be in a couple of coins that act as commodities, but you namely want to be in tokens. And that's why I love Crown. That's why I love Crown because it's a token. Developers are going to need this. Publishers are going to need this. Users are going to need this to govern dApps and apps that they want to incorporate into their lives. And so the blockchain technology uh, keeps it decentralized. The token keeps value in the system and it going uh, along lines of human behavior. Uh, but the app itself is something that could exist uh, you know, by itself. And so it's cool that it's built on the backs of Crown and the blockchain and uh, blockchain technology. So I, that's why I tell people all the time, Daniel, tokens, 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 way more than coins. Yeah, and I think you know we both agree in many ways that the coin, the coin uh, label is really going to wind up hurting the crypto community. I think in general in the long term because it just gives the other side more ammo against us. I wanted to ask, like you know, we were talking about kind of regulation for exchanges. Have I, I'm surprised we haven't heard about any major that I can hear of, like in media, major lobbying pushes from some of these exchanges. Are you aware of any of that? Going on behind the scenes, and um, and the, but they've been going on for years. So, for example, it's not lobbying, but Gemini, you know, has been working very closely. If you watch the Bitcoin docu documentary on Netflix, you know, uh, they're, they're working with the regulatory body in New York City, which is why crypto in New York is so hard uh, to to get into or buy. I mean, it's it's worse there than pretty much I think anywhere else in the United States, and yeah. it's it's funny. It's it's not funny. It's actually sad, but. Um, so it's pretty bad there. So a lot of, a lot of these efforts aren't true lobbying, uh, especially for regulations yet. They're quote unquote informing regulators and having informal talks with regulators. Um, but you'll, you, you'll find, and if you watch the Netflix documentary about Bitcoin, um, it, it, you know, you'll notice on that panel, one guy is saying, keep your hands off of us. And four guys will be like, yeah, whatever, you know, just don't kill us. And then, you know, one people will be at the extreme. Yes, regulation, safety, got to fight terrorism, got to fight all this. Well, guess what? The U.S. dollar pays for child sex. The U.S. dollar pays for cocaine. The U.S. dollar pays for opioids and opium. The U.S. dollar funds terror. I mean, you know, if, there's, if the black market has a currency, it's the U.S. dollar. And not because the U.S. dollar is bad, simply because it is a currency. It has value all around the United States or all around the world. And, you know, the scare tactics won't work as long as we inform people. But yeah, the lobbying efforts, I would call, uh, they're, they're kind of secretive right now. And they're going to get more overt. They're going to get way more overt. Think about it this way. Two, three years, no, three or four years ago, AT&T voluntarily started a campaign to stop texting and driving. That law has passed like all 50 states in the past three years, Daniel. Hmm. And so, you know, who was behind that? You know, well, that was AT&T deciding to protect their bottom line and working with insurance companies. I, this is me speculating ahead of time. I'll never forget when I was sitting in a meeting in D.C. 
This is a private meeting of some of the best minds in uh, right of center politics. And we're sitting there. This happened at ATR's headquarters. And AT&T has a government affairs person there. And they're telling us about this no texting and driving thing. And I said, this is stupid. You know, I told everyone, this is stupid. I was like, this has nothing to do with anything. Why are they even here? What, what is this? I had no idea that would sweep the country or how many uh, tens of millions of dollars they would put into a public awareness campaign and government re regulation over something that affects their industry. A lot of people don't believe me. The big guys want regulation. It keeps small guys out. Absolutely. So what... Uh, Circling back to that, what exactly? So let's just assume it was Coinbase, right? Because I think they're the big player in the room. So, what specifically, what regulations do you see them pushing for that would choke out a lot of these smaller um, exchanges? Well, to get philosophical about regulation, there's two areas that I would that I divide into regulation. I've and this isn't something I'm reading from somebody else. This is just myself. Either compliance. So this is maintenance costs, ongoing costs, costs. So you have a compliance officer. So there's $130,000, $200,000 a year. You know, you have uh, aggressive reporting on a weekly basis. You know, FINRA or FinCEN, this is why FinCEN puts so much pressure on companies is, okay, the Patriot Act did X, Y, and Z, but what it, also, what it did essentially was someone has to come up with that information. And if you're ever out of compliance, you lose your license. So if I was, if I was Coinbase, one category of regulation I'd be pushing for is compliance. This is ongoing cost that other people can't afford. Or if you're going to get another competitor, it's going to require a lot of VC funding. And that's limited because you have all the big VCs behind you already, and they're barred from investing in competitors. Secondly is what I call threshold. This is getting into the market. So this is when licenses come in play. You know, all across the United States, we're finding out that hair braiders need a license. Hair braiders. We, and this disproportionately affects the African-American community. This is why the Koch brothers are fighting this regulation because you're hurting black people. You're hurting stay-at-home moms who don't have a shop who can go to someone's house and braid hair. But in several states, you need a license. And in a lot of states, that license costs more or requires more hours of training than a, a esthetician or someone who does hair, uh, regular hair. It's, it's absolutely insane. And so threshold is a way to keep people out of the market in general. And so you do these through licenses, through training hours required, through um, you know, the infrastructure you have to have before you apply. That it can be very dangerous. This is why it's so hard to start a bank in this country, Daniel. Mm -hmm is yeah. the threshold and then the compliance. So that's generally how I divide up uh, regulations into those two categories that are anti-competitive, that are corporatists, that are crony capitalists. You know, there's, there's subsidies, but that's an incentive. But, you know, compliance and threshold are what I fear. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. We've seen a lot of, so a lot of these exchanges, um, the more minor ones are not, you know, they're not even based in the U.S., and in some cases, they're not really even based in countries that are necessarily cooperative with U.S. Uh, I don't want to say law enforcement. I guess it would be more regulatory enforcement. And so it's been interesting because the one the people that have actually come out and have been putting a stop to a lot of this trading have been the banks. And, um, you know, we're seeing, I think it was Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, a couple of these uh 
big names have said, you know, we're not going to allow crypto trading to occur in our accounts. And they're actually actively blocking transactions from certain exchanges. So to me, that's all the more reason why if the crypto community wants to remain successful in the long term and wants to avoid all of this, uh, these traditional failings of banks, we really need to start looking into and taking decentralized exchanges seriously. Because at the end of the day, we can, we can pretend to be decentralized all we want, but if we're obtaining the, the very token that we want to be decentralized on through a centralized manner, we're just kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah. So I want to, um, I want to go ahead quick and talk about you and I did a Periscope last night and we were really pushing KuCoin on, on our followers and telling them, you know, we think that this platform is really a great fit for Crown. It's something that it's an exchange that has been proven so far, super easy to use, um, no ID verification, which we touched on earlier. And it's been disappointing because a lot of these exchanges are really just overwhelmed by hordes of posts from all of these garbage tokens and some instances they actually get listed and then there's a token like crown who which is crazy i mean we're we're on uh, bitrex and bitrex is a big deal and so you would think like if if a qcoin or someone saw crown was on bitrex they'd be like okay yeah we need you on our platform because clearly you know bitrex saw something in you so I, you know, we talked about, we really feel like KuCoin is a great fit for Crown, be a great place for new users to go. And we've really encouraged new users and listeners, wherever you are in your crypto journey, to, you know, send KuCoin a tweet and say, you know, we want to see Crown added on your platform. And, you know, it's important to use the, the uh, dollar sign CRW tag, which is like the financial hashtag on Twitter. But, you know, the more tweets we can get towards KuCoin, the more likely we are to be listed. And this is going to help our community. And we always talk about like, you know, crypto is about community and it's going to help our community. It's going to help the investors. Um, and it's really it's really going to help the project grow. Doing my tweet right right now. OK, well, I'm going to retweet you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm tweeting my audience wants to see Crown. Added so they can use your exchange, KuCoin.com. Lots of folks trapped out of Bitrix. Let's make it happen ASAP. Okay. Absolutely. And I think that this is going to be huge. If we can get out of this, it's going to be huge for the project. And, you know, I've had some people ask me, they say, you know, Daniel, I don't really have time to be in the chat room all day with the developers. I don't have time to go to these conferences. I don't have money. What can I do? To get involved with this community and honestly right now aside from you know investing what time and resources you're willing to shoot a tweet out to qcoin and say you know at qcoin.com we we need to see crown listed on your platform because that's going to be the next big step for us is getting added on one of these easy to use exchanges so that you and i can start driving new users there Right, right, because people want to acquire this. At the end of the day, this is not a pump and dump scheme. We do not believe in those. I do not endorse those. I've actively fought against those. I have a great track record there. Um, but, you know, we need people to have access to Crown. I've got friends like, Ali, can you, can, can, where do I need to get it? I'm not on Bitrix. And I'm like, well, you can use Barter Dex, but then you need the Komodo coin or whatever. And, da, 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 da. and you know, it's difficult. It's difficult. So we'll, we'll, I'm convinced, Daniel, that our audience will get it uh, listed somewhere. 
And speaking of our audience, you and I are both physically headed to DC next week. Uh, then we're headed to Miami, but you and I will be doing Periscope and podcasting live from DC. If you guys want to meet up with us, listen to the end of this podcast. Daniel will give you his email address and we want to meet as many people as possible. I'm actually speaking at an event uh, next Saturday, a night for freedom. So I'll be speaking there. There'll be a lot of crypto people in DC, a couple, you know, at least a hundred, but maybe uh, 200 crypto people and some whales uh, in DC. So I'm excited that we're doing that together. Um, you know, there's also a political conference happening alongside of that, but you and I are doing some crypto stuff. I'm doing some political stuff and, we got a lot of that going on, so we can't wait to do that. So I will be in D.C. Daniel will be in D.C. Thursday through Sunday of next week. Um, we're very, very excited about that. Then we have a couple days of rest, and then we're off to Miami for something arguably a little bit more exciting as it relates to Crown, right? Yeah, absolutely. I am so stoked about this. <laughs> so um, Crown is having what will be their largest yet conference. It's going to be in Miami um, there are going to be several days of closed-door meetings, and then they're going to have a public conference. We're going to be talking with developers. We talked a lot in previous Periscopes and podcasts about one of the big things we like about Crown is that the developer team has made themselves accessible. These are not anonymous guys. These are guys who have put their name on the line, put their reputation out there, and said, you know what, this is who we are. This is the project we're building. Get on board. And they, we will actually be able to meet with them in Miami. So I would encourage you guys, if you're in that area, if you just really feel like flying out and hanging out with us, make sure that you get on board with that. If you want to make sure that you can actually get into the conference, I want you guys to shoot me an email. It's daniel at sistra, C-Y-S-T-R-A dot com. And sistra is just my company. So it's daniel at sistra dot com. Be sure and shoot us a message or if you're in DC and you're like, you know what, I want to meet with one of you guys or both you guys, or I really only care about Ali, so I don't want to meet with Daniel. <laughs> That's fine too. Just uh, go ahead and uh, shoot me a message. Let us know you're going to be there. We would love to catch up with you guys. This, what we're doing is 100% about community. It's not about money. It's about meeting people, building those relationships and establishing a true decentralized community. So if you are going to be, again, in D.C. or Miami, um, or you want more details, or you just want to say what's up, be sure and shoot me an email at daniel at sistra.com. And uh, just a reminder, go tweet KuCoin.com. Absolutely. So we can't wait. We hope that you guys will tweet um, a KuCoin as well. On Twitter, they are K-U-C-O-I-N-C-O-M. So that's KuCoin.com. Um, and that's their Twitter handle. They're not verified, but you'll be able to see they've got over 100,000 followers. Definitely tweet them and tag me and Daniel in the tweet if you, you know, want to retweet. Um, you know, we're, we're down to support the community that supports the community. And that's what Crown is about for us. It is about, you know what, decentralizing it more, pushing the development team to decentralize it more, bringing community people into it who aren't just freaks and geeks like us. But also, we do need a little, we need some speculation. We need some traders. We need some investors. We need some developers. We need users of apps. We need holders. You know, we need all kinds of people. If this is going to be a revolution of uh, the people, go to crownblockchain.com. That will forward you to Crowncast, which you can subscribe to our email list. We're on iTunes. If you search Chaincast, 
And again, we want to meet you in DC or Miami. Uh, Miami, the date is March 3rd. If you want to attend that mini conference meetup, um, that's March 3rd. But we will be in Miami a couple of days prior. So if you want to buy us coffee, um, I love the art district there. So, you know, you can buy me some Cubano, Havana, a little, uh, little cappuccino. Uh, oh. I won't mind. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, We'll introduce Daniel to, to some of the stuff down there. We will be partying. We will be getting down. So, um, you know, Miami is a wonderful scene, wonderful scene, especially in this winter season. So I'm, I'm excited to be traveling again. I just got back from L.A. and San Fran. Oh, I, you know, <laughs> having a little anxiety. But you know what? This is so exciting. These are some of the most exciting times in human history. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys all for listening. We really appreciate it. Make sure you uh, share us with your friends, hit subscribe, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes or Google play. If you are on either one of those platforms, we'd love to get a review again, shoot us an email if you're going to be in Miami or DC and we will see you guys next time.